ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main. Joining me is Mr. Brian Brushwood. Howdy. Justin Robert Young. What up? Well, gentlemen, it's been a while since our last Weird Things Podcast, and up front, I think we've got an announcement to tell everybody. Yes, uh, Brian and Andrew are getting married. And wow, Justin is... is going to bear our child. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a surrogate now. That's yes. how we know we took uh, weird things to the next level when we had to make it real. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's not that we're that way. It's just that we looked at all the attention that Randy was getting, the amazing Randy, <laughs> who just publicly came out this week and told the world that he's gay and, and made boing boing everywhere else. Brian and I, being the attention whores that we are, cannot stand it and have decided to go into a closet we were never in so we can burst out. That's right, but uh, and all of this is part of a secret plan, so another like three years from now, we could be like, ha-ha, there never was a closet. Yeah, and any shred of credibility that we never had will be completely demolished. <laughs> I, just see, I just see some like 17-year-old kid who's like, for three years I listened. I believed in you. <laughs> you were my hero. <laughs> Rolls down his cheek. I was going to ask you to prom. <laughs> uh, all, in all not seriousness, I had a, a, I had a very George Costanza moment, and that was uh, a, a friend of ours, our friend of mine, our person we know who's a really, uh, really neat guy, Brian Loxton, who works with Skeptic Magazine. He runs the Skeptic Junior section. He's got a new book on evolution, which caused a Daniel little bit Loxton. of a controversy. Daniel Loxton, right? What I, I just what I name him, Brian Loxton? Yes, you said Brian. But <laughs> I'm I sorry, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, you're just always on my mind. Ever since you got down in your knee to propose, yeah, it's no. just smitten, <laughs> that's, that's, smitten, that's, smitten. That's his so, nickname, Brian. Ever, yeah, so, ever since we found that closet, it's never been yeah. the same. <laughs> yes. My my close personal friend, Frankie Loxton, Burger. <laughs> yes. uh, Daniel, I apologize out there, but let's be honest. Daniel, Brian, what's the difference? So anyhow, Daniel retweeted or tweeted a quote from randy which was pretty funny it was uh let me find the quote though for those who run on about how i've mentioned sophia loren as a raving beauty please note i'm gay not blind because <laughs> randy would often you know talk about like sophia loren and people are like well randy you talked about that and so randy sort of i said oh that's funny because i know randy says that line so i went to go retweet that line and i'm in my car i'm like oh that's hilarious i retweet it and as soon as i hit the send button i'm like how many characters is that? And is the quote James Randy part going to get cut off? <laughs> so it's not just like a bold declaration from Andrew on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, that's pretty funny. That'd be pretty funny to find out that all of a sudden, uh, you know, on the heels of James Randy, Andrew Maine has decided to announce yeah. <laughs> he has a very antiquated, antiquated, uh, pardon me, antiquated. I'll be, I'll be right, folks. Yeah, Hold your seats. Calm down. Uh, you know, you know what very you should have done. Old guy approach to what beauty is. Yeah, what you do is if it goes out that way, you just roll with it and you tell all the skeptics that it's a sign of solidarity. It's like, well, if you care, sure. you announce your gay. Yeah, too. no, it's like when everybody switched their location to Tehran on Twitter. Exactly. You know, now we're all gays. By the way, isn't find it, us. Isn't it funny? It's like you see people still with with Tehran as their as their location, or still floating the greens. And I was just exactly. like, exactly. Boring. Yeah. Update yeah. your status. <laughs> So anyhow, our our hats off to Randy for finally coming out and telling the world the way it is. And yes. uh, I, I I've known Randy for years. Justin's known Randy and, yeah. and Brian. You know him as well. And 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 Randy's always been he's the same old Randy. You know, it doesn't doesn't change anything. And 
Uh, it's it just when I try to explain to people that my Harry Potter to Dumbledore relationship with Randy, <laughs> it makes a little more sense now. <laughs> That's funny. This is your own M. Night Shyamalan moment when you're like, see what I was saying the whole time? <laughs> there is another element there, folks, if you read the books closely. So, anyhow. I don't, I mean the books and not the fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That, that you can read as far away as you'd like. You're pretty yeah. much going to get the point. Yeah, I wonder uh, Wonder how long before we start seeing NSFW fanfic. <laughs> oh, thank you oh. for planting that seed in their brains. <laughs> Don't tell me that wasn't calculated. We have. have it, isn't what, what, in the, the hawk loo? Well, yeah, that does involve members of the NSFW cast, and I mean members. Right, right. Yeah, right. no, there is. There's there's slash fiction around. Brian and Justin slash? <laughs> No, no, it's it's uh it's it's uh Brian's assistant OMG Chat. I, or as I like the way you put it, uh, Brian's young ward OMG. Young Chad. ward, yes. Hey, you know why does it have to have this sort of salacious subtext? What young ward? Word? No, young, young ward, ward. I always think of Bruce Wayne and and Batman. I think of the, the old yeah, 1960s. Nothing weird about that. Multimillionaire lives in some remote dark <laughs> mansion. Young boy dress up in leather. Go out at night. Above the law, oh, no. doesn't doesn't bow down. Has a cave. Department says. <laughs> By the way, can we just consider the last five minutes foreplay? Are we officially ready to get weird now? Is Let's that get what, weird. Is that what this oh is? no, yeah, because painting the homoerotic relationship between Batman and Robin. That's just the baseline, folks. We're really going to get into the weirdness tonight. All right, so, Brian, yes. wild dogs maul your children. Okay. <laughs> I, We're I playing the well, I, was, I was about to say, you don't normally start off so rough, but go ahead. Keep going. I'm ready to Oh, roll. no, no, that's the starting point. No, actually, this week has been a pretty interesting week for archaeological discoveries. And... There was a recent discovery at a site of where they are planning to do the London Olympics, and they found a, or the next Olympics Games, they found a massive grave. Did you hear about this? I did no. not. I did. Of Vikings. Vikings. Okay? Like and the these team. Vikings, these Vikings were beheaded. Whoa. Right. So it was a massive burial site, you know, circa a thousand years ago, whatever the Viking hate is. And to tell you how cool it is with technology now, they can actually take let's say like the teeth grind them up and by looking at the isotopes in there they can tell where you came from where you grew up because as you eat the food and the soil around you there are different isotopes in different areas and they can actually tell that one of the vikings actually came from north of the arctic circle what which you think about it it's being a viking it, i mean obviously it'd be awesome and cool and I think that the motivation, though, especially if you grew up north of the Arctic Circle, some guy says, do you guys want to go just like rape and pillage where it's warm? Yes. Sign me up. <laughs> they're, well, like, they're like, I'm, what's I'm the catch? Down, I'm down now. <laughs> by the way, by the way, like, uh, uh, I love the fact that you take it as a given fact that being a Viking is cool. And all of a sudden in my mind, we just flash cut to, an, uh, to a Viking freezing his ass off without modern dentistry north of the Arctic Circle. And he's just like, are you insane? Say, well, well, Brian, I'm I'm sure as you, you Justin knows, then Viking sort of history. One of the most surprising things for people who actually went to their homelands and went to go look and to see where they came from and Norway, Sweden, etc., and even Denmark, how civilized things were. Where the rest of Europe was living in mud huts, grovel, and just at barely substance level, the Vikings had 
gardens and landscaping and beautiful homes, and it was just sort of iconoclast compared to the reputation they had when they went to sea versus their their normal home life. Yeah, the re- the rest of the world was like Vegas to the Vikings. Like, yeah, they just yeah. went out and did whatever they wanted. They just imagine some guy, his wife's there in the tulip garden in her nice Heidi Swiss Smith sort of dress, and he's wearing his fine tunic and all that, and he's talking about his business trip and all that, sharpening the axe and all that, and all right, you know, try to keep the winching down a bit. <laughs> I mean, for I, all this puts in my mind is all of a sudden I want to watch a sci-fi epic about space Vikings now, these super civilized aliens that just go and tear stuff up. Well, have you seen, uh, what was it, Outlander? No. It's a movie, and it stars uh, James Kaisel. Caviezel. Caviezel, thank you very much. Jesus. The, the Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and, By the way, I thought you were ba- saying, I, I, I did see Outland with Sean Connery, which I loved. It was brilliant. Yes. It was basically a, a, a Western on an asteroid. High noon in space. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, so what Outlander is, it was a movie that came out about two years ago. It stars James Caviezel. I'll never say that name right. And it's basically, he is a kind of a, I guess you would say an alien soldier who ends up in Viking era times and is hunting down what would be kind of a Grendel, basically, along with some Vikings. No so, kidding. Oh, it's it's cool. It's on iTunes. It's a really it's a really cool. If you like sci-fi and you like that kind of uh, all sorts of ultra violent, ultra sort of hip weirdo kind of stuff, I really recommend. It. I enjoyed. It. I, I thought it was a really cool thing. It's kind of a throwback to some of those cool movies that came out in the nineties. And uh, by the way, in Outland, it wasn't an asteroid. It was Io, the moon of Jupiter. Duh, idiot. <laughs> uh, all right, so, wait, so you have all these uh, headless Vikings that get dug up in, in jolly old London town. So, uh, and I'd be totally wrong on off on where they actually found the bodies, just to be sure. So uh, yeah, feel found free to correct us. London, Kansas. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm, I'm doing the kind of the Carl Pilkington here where I'm recalling <laughs> news just and, and maybe embellishing it or whatever. And it turns out that some... Swedish guy in New York City got into a bus accident and I just turned it into <laughs> a mass grave of Vikings, which that's kind of the cool thing. You think about all those weird things out there that we don't know what is out there. And this week there was a really what could be a potentially groundbreaking bit of news. Before I get to that, though, I'm going to ask some questions here. But, and by the way, sort can, of my can I ask one, one quick question? Did, did they have any theories on who beheaded the, the space Vikings? Um, I'm sure they had some theories on it, and uh, I'm too ignorant to be able to tell you, Brian. All right, no, well, that's good. That, but, but look, regardless, we we got to the weird. We went straight to the money shot of the headless, dead Vikings and the teeth ground up. That's all that matters. Well, let me, uh, the, the Vikings were found naked and beheaded in southern England, and apparently they think violent people may have beheaded them. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> And so uh, that's the, uh, they lived on a high protein diet. So uh, we know that. And I'm just recalling totally from memory right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, they thought there were swords were used. They think swords were used. Um, and they think they were war captives dumped into a pit. Hmm. They, it was uh, either, it was actually either swords or really long nails. Yes. I like this. The men took many blows, but their state of health seemed to indicate they were all alive when decapitated. Oh, oh my God. Which, yeah. Which is, Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Thought I mean, it was going to be. If you're going to get into the old decapitation thing, you might as well go all the way. 
Well, I, I'm surprised we haven't had like a whole Highlander thing come up. I mean, maybe it was a race of Highlanders that were all of a sudden you destroyed know or demolished. Here's what I think it was. I think it was time traveling fanboys who were all they could draw on was their. No, knowledge. you don't, Brian. And I was being serious with my Highlander analogy. <laughs> You're just making jokes. Yeah, it made a time. The time traveled in a hot tub time machine. <laughs> I am actually I excited see. about checking that out. It should be awesome. Anything with that absurd a premise, I'm hopeful for. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I think they kind of have a very clear idea what they're about. So anyhow, as I was saying, back to the seriousness here. One of the things that, uh, one of my favorite, favorite kind of concepts deals with the idea of other races, other civilizations, because to me, it's a, it's a fascinating sort of concept. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, we'll start with uh, with Justin first. Hey, so Justin, yeah, let's let's look at mammals and work our way up. If you had to, would you eat a mouse? Sure, yeah, no, I, yeah, let's do it. Would you eat a cat? Would you eat a cat? Sure, yeah, no problem. Would you Would you eat a lemur? Of course. All right, Brian, would you eat a lemur? Uh, how hungry am I? Like this is to survive, right? Yeah, pretty much to survive. Or yeah, no, awesome. totally. I'm down with lemur. Okay. Uh, old world monkeys, pretty much any one of them, right? Well, I mean, yeah, at yeah. that point, I start to worry Bring about disease, especially in our modern You're, world. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait we're, not, we're not probably cooking these? You can cook them. Probably cook whatever you want. Whatever floats your boat. I don't care. Flame bait, brisk okay. them, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Braise no, them. Like, we're bringing this meat into a, a kitchen. And preparing it. Yeah, we're it, right? we're living we're living like you know M Night Shyamalan village style, and and it's kind of the only sort of meat around us. I mean, we could go totally vegetarian, but I mean, would we would we start going to eat? <laughs> Boring. No, I'll yeah, tell you. No, the I'm moment, totally eating every meat possible. The moment hunger enters the equation, it's sort of all bets are off. All right, and again, but I'm saying there might be like grains and. Vegetables. No, forget that. I want to be on the early adopter train. All right. So, so let's move our way up. Okay. So monkeys, we eat monkeys. All right. We're like, we're okay. And we might like, I like monkeys, but I like protein and you cook them. They're good. So we could eat a monkey, right? Yeah, we all eat a monkey. All right, cool. I'm, I'm good. At that. Uh, side note, totally unrelated. There was a sushi restaurant near where I stay out in Santa Monica that just got busted for serving whale. Busted. What do you mean? Yeah, you, Free you publicity. Could go, yeah, well, you could go there and you could get this special, uh, they'd have this special sushi menu. And so the chef would make all sorts of special stuff. And they'd say, like, the chef would then go out to his car and get something wrapped in paper and then prepare it up. Was, and was sushi go, in quotes on the menu? Well, you'd start off eating sushi. And then that was the really, the delicacy there was yeah. some whale. They're actually serving whale there. Yeah, basically, and, a lot of the high-end sushi places, uh, you just kind of sit down, and, and the chef takes you on a culinary journey that you'll never forget. And, and evi- part of that was whale. Yeah, evidently, this culinary journey just worked its way across the animal kingdom sideways. <laughs> yeah. So, anyhow, uh, they got busted. So the people who did the Cove documentary, they'd heard about this. They went there, they recorded it, they took samples of it, put it in the Ziploc bags, had it tested. Whale! So... Who knows what you can have near you? I'd love to do this to take a trip to the south and find all the wonderful meats you we can get a, there. Take a trip to McDonald's and see what you find. Oh, I'd, that would be a delicacy there if we had some whale. And, and it did bring up the question, which I'm going to ask right now. Were it legal 
Brian, would you try whale? Well, well, there's a difference between legal and socially acceptable. Like, oh man, I don't know. That's you're a tough from Texas. One. You would eat anything. All right. I mean, that's. I guess I. I don't know. It's like uh, if if it was if it was legal and we knew that it wasn't endangered and like this is how we saved the whale was by making it a, an expensive <laughs> delicacy. How we saved the whale? Stop it, stop it, Brian. All right. So you walk into Rudy's Barbecue in Austin, Texas. And it's right there. They give you like the little sample platter of like, okay, we got the turkey, we got the moist brisket, we got some baby back ribs for you. Oh, and here, here's a new thing, freshly legal, a little Rudy's whale action. Okay, slice. No, that's a right good way to put it because thing. I'm not gonna lie. At that moment, freshly legal sounds like an endorsement, and plus, it's right there in front of me. The novelty will overwhelm me. I will totally eat that whale. Yum yum and num num. That's Justin. what I say to that. Oh, God, yep. I'd yeah. do it. Well, because, like, all right, so you kill one whale. That dude's gigantic. Like, you can feed so many people off one whale. Like, I understand, like, they're not a lot around, so maybe it's, like, like, environmentally harmful. But let's say we as a society, and by that, I mean, whatever you can read into the lawmaking capacity of our of our country or state deems that that is okay to do, I am getting my dumb face all up in some whale. Very interesting, gentlemen. I will I will confess that when I heard when I read the story, I had two reactions. For shame, for shame was the first reaction. Yeah. The second reaction was, hmm, I do wonder what whale would taste <laughs> like. By the way, you guys have seen the the ancient, ancient by internet standards footage of the whale like being blown up by the dynamite, right? Yeah, actually, uh, that happened in Oregon, and we had actually a friend who was there who no had their car damaged by that. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what I had not seen before was some footage that's out there on YouTube of just a random beached whale, and they decide to carve it up so that it could decompose properly. Halfway through carving it up, just by the pressure of the gases inside the decomposing body, they nick the right part, the thing splits open and it looks exactly like that. Awesome. So you're saying that we have to eat whales because they're a menace. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I thought you, Brian, I thought you were going to say like halfway through, all of a sudden somebody blew a whistle and it was like beach blanket bingo. <laughs> they had to have a barbecue we, immediately. This is what we call Lone Star Logic. <laughs> Someone no, was tell, doing I'll the monkey. This much, though. I mean, it was unreal. I couldn't believe the amount of pressure, the the, uh, the force inside of it. It looked like somebody blew up a stick of dynamite inside this thing, and it was all just the gas pressure in there. That's hilarious and revolting at the same time. Well, I'm going somewhere with this. All right. So you, you hit, now I would not want to eat whale because of the fact that they're pretty smart mammals, and I kind of think that's cool. But and so anybody who wants to write angry letters, please direct them to Brian Brushwood wait, and Justin wait, you, Robert you Young. You only eat things. You think are not interesting? Not smart, dude. Pigs are so smart, and they have. Oh, I know. And they're delicious. Brian, when's the last time you saw me eat a pig? Well, I don't know. Are you saying you don't like bacon? I love bacon. (laughs) (laughs) What's that got to do with a pig? I don't understand. (laughs) By the way, I tweeted out a photo that I saw in this Vietnamese donut shop. It was a. uh, one of those maple bars, those donut maple bars with just a piece of bacon across the top of it. They uh, they they had an article recently on awesome bacon treats, and one of them was it was a lollipop that was essentially made from pure maple syrup with actual bacon inside. Oh, good lord, get 
So we've established that you two would, would readily eat whale. So I would eagerly so eat whale. Probably at the, at the point at which guys take a trip to SeaWorld, jump inside their knives and forks, yeah, I'll and tell claim you one that you're trying to needs save to the trainers. Eaten. Is that one at SeaWorld, the killer whale that killed everyone in the world? Yeah, well, Brian, you know, if your nickname was Killer Brian, I have a feeling that you probably would have had a different lifestyle. And I was also, nobody's defended this whale in the sense that, like, the whale started when it was a teenager, and it didn't turn out differently than a lot of other child stars. It just got so, a bad name early on, and it fell into societal pressures. I see where you're the coming The business I, I, I uses like to think you. I think of it as it was the thrilling climax to a murder mystery, and, and the whale was heroically taking out the person who was eventually going to you know, blow up a school Maybe this is the Dexter of killer whales. Maybe yes! each of these people had it coming. Now you've just offended the families of the victims. Congratulations, gentlemen. If this podcast had wider listenership, wider listenership, we would be in some serious trouble here. Yeah. So. Well, just one one last comment on 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 the whether you would eat whale thing. Um, the, yeah, I think there is there's something to be said for the fact that this sushi place, which probably charges an arm and a leg, or a fin and a blowhole, waka waka, um, you know, to eat. There, they use this whale as like their their big grand finale. Like that was apparently like you had to eat through a whole bunch of courses to get to the whale stuff. So it's like it's probably got to taste pretty good, or at least this sushi place had a really great way of slicing it up. Yeah, but, yeah I, it, I'm listen. I'm, I mean, look, I'm taking it as an article of faith that whale must taste delicious. There's a reason the Japanese are still doing their best to hunt them despite all the international pressures against it. Well, do they eat it, or is this like like a whale oil? Thing? No, they don't need whale oil. They, Who needs whale oil? They, eat, they eat them, Justin. They, they feed them to kids in school lunch. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now what about this? Would you would you just would you fly over to Japan, where it's like so it's like it's not legal here in the U.S., but you fly over to Japan where it is legal or or at least acceptable. Well, I don't. I don't eat if it's really good. Like if it's if it's like fed to kids in school lunch. It's like if if whale meat is like the Mexican pizza. Of uh, you know Japanese school lunch, maybe it sucks to everybody over there. It's only <laughs> awesome if we you know really just trick it out. I guarantee you, kids are all excited when they got their tickets. They're like, no, 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 today's whale day. Woo! Yeah, it could be the thing they look forward to. So here's here's where I'm going with this. All right, that was just part A. Okay. All right. So back to the whole eating monkeys. So we eat monkeys. What about an orangutan? Would you eat an orangutan? Done. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. For some reason, that sounds less scary than one of those trash-eating spider monkeys. <laughs> I, just, I just love him, Brian. Brian is not doing the ethical approach. Brian's doing it. Was it like a 7-Eleven hot dog? Uh, uh, how long has that burrito been outside? And, I'm totally oh, Brian, scared they, about the disease thing. They, that's all that's this, killing me. This was food destined for war orphans. Mm. Did it have mayo on it? Because that can go bad. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, by eating this 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 burrito, you're contributing to a dictatorship that's going to enslave people. Uh, guacamole, I give that two days before it starts to go sour. So, oh. so Brian's guide to ethical eating is By the way, there are blank. times I will rise up to defend myself, and there are other times that I'll say... You, sir, have called it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> You're from Texas. We understand. We totally understand. You can grill it. You can eat it. So what about orangutan brains? Like, does it matter what part of the body? Well, you know, then you get brains and stuff and primate brains. It gets a little more dangerous. 
Oh, yeah, what about, what about like... That gets uh, really weird. And besides, I'm soured on that because of Temple of Doom. They just yeah. open it up and they start laughing at you maniacally. It's and, and you know who's really soured on that? Kate Capshaw? Yeah, well, any kid that you went to school with who was of Indian heritage. Oh, God, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like the, the amount of abuse they got over that. Just the unwarranted... What about like Spielberg? Steven Spielberg's like, I'm going to invent a dish that uh, a nation of often a lot of vegetarians would probably never eat, but nonetheless... By the way, Monkey it's brains. like, to me, I'm fascinated by the different body parts. I mean, brain's one thing. That's got a stigma. But it's like, even though it's from a cow, like the thought of Rocky Mountain oysters, can't handle it. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of those. I don't know that's, that'd be cow testicles. Yeah. For those uh, of you, I, don't, don't, don't bother going to Wikipedia. I, I'm, here's my rule on that, Brian. And Justin, hear me out on this. I'm yeah. uncomfortable eating something that somewhere along the the timeline of that food, I would be committing bestiality. Oh, my God. <laughs> Only if you took your time. Yeah, I'm saying if we roll back the clock a week earlier, guess what? <laughs> you're you're going to jail. The week forward, well, you're in a French like, restaurant. You're saying, all right, if, if, if you cut it up, you're you're in the clear. If, if you're taking them one at a time and nibbling... Then maybe it's something about yourself. It did, look, I, I, if we're gonna mince words here, some might call it necrophilic bestiality, which is a little yeah, bit weird. it is, it is. We look at the things that we frowned on Jeffrey Dahmer for doing, you know, in his in his kitchen, in his refrigerator, he had a man's penis, and it's like, oh, for shame, for shame. And have you tried this new French Vietnamese restaurant? Oh my god, it's great. All right, so for those that, of you keeping track at home, not only we've defended whale slaughter, but we're now defending Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Keep going. Oh no, wait, hold on. We defended whale slaughter. We defended uh, whales murdering upon their own volition. <laughs> and uh, now we've defended Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, actually, I'm coming out on the other side. I'm saying I think since Dahmer, Dahmer doing it, it's wrong. That's my litmus test. I, 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 have, even, I, have, I have a problem with doing that with an animal, too. So. All right. So, all right. So, uh, well, episode uh, title: I, Things I, I, We I, Will I and Will we're, Not we're Do with Animals. Here. We're getting even weirder and weirder and weirder. So yeah, where, we are. Where Let's does this end, Maine? Well, we don't know where it ends, but let me tell you where we go next. Okay. So, it's actually like a four-parter here, which is going to be really fun to edit if we decide that any part of this drags too much. So, we've established you guys pretty much any non-human primate you're willing to eat. Yeah. Yes. I am. Okay. So, they just found some research, and this isn't where we're going. This is part of it. This is a little side stop here. We're stopping to take some photos here. Okay, get out your cameras. They took some... Uh, they took some photos. My, my own metaphor just, just drew me in. They've looked at the... Uh, <laughs> so on one hand of the spectrum, if you want to look at Vikings and find out what they ate, you grind up their teeth, whatever, you go look for those isotopes and you can see where they were they, they were from. If you want to find out what a gorilla ate, what do you go do? You grind up the gorilla. Well, if they're living gorillas, the, you probably don't. Well, do I'll that. tell you, I saw. Uh, you ask I, them politely. I'm sure. I'm sure you guys have seen. Uh, did you guys see the movie King Corn? Not yet. No. No. Uh, what, the opening scene of King Corn, they uh, they walk up and down the aisles of the supermarket. They go to, and then they go to uh, a doctor who actually takes their hair follicles and does a, some kind of chemistry test to figure out what they're made out of. And what they're mm-hmm. made out of is what the stuff they ate was made out of. And it's like they ended up being like like at the base of the pyramid, they're like ninety seven percent corn. That's the opening scene of King Corn, basically talking about how corn is such a cash crop. It fuels, you know, everything eats corn, and then we eat those things. Mm-hmm. So they could apparently, I mean, if if this documentary and my poor memory is to be trusted, 
they can <laughs> figure it out by a hair test. So that's what I say. Well, what that would be, that, that hair test is probably doing an isotopic test and will tell you at some point where it might say, okay, we're, we're picking up this isotope that comes from IR or whatever, which would be cornfields or something. That's a way to sort of go about it. And that's a problematic way in one regard to sort of figure out what you eat because, yeah, well, you ate something that ate something that then ate corn. Well, guess what? That thing ate plants, so it ate carbon. Base, we're reading carbon and the it fact that it comes dinosaurs. from dinosaurs. Yeah. So what you do is you go take some gorilla poo. Yes. And you go look at the poo. Yeah. And, and some scientists have actually taken gorilla poo, and they've actually done some genetic sequencing on it. And these wonderful, gentle beasts that live up in the mountains and just want nothing to do with us and won't play with us and growl and get upset when we try to piggyback right on them, particularly as they do in my dream. These wonderful creatures uh, eat monkeys, are known to eat monkeys. So, like, really? if a gorilla, gorilla gets really hungry for, and it's been suspected for a while, but it turns out every primate eats meat. And they're always, oh, they're these, they're vegetarians, they're gentle. Like, no, they'll eat a monkey. They're like, I need some protein, I'll eat monkeys. So they eat monkeys. So what we know is primates have no problem, just about every primate has no problem eating other primates for food. And trying to figure out where we draw this line is problematic. And this is going to get even more interesting. We still aren't quite sure if, if, if we ate Neanderthals and if Neanderthals ate us. It may have happened from time to time. We know that we would eat each other in difficult times. And have. Yeah, yeah. And there is some new, there's some new research that just came out really this broke today or yesterday. And that is there is evidence they've been looking at some sequencing of some fossils they found that I think go back to about a 40,000 to 50,000 or to 100,000 year range, which would be contemporary to us and to Neanderthals. It's a separate human species. Wow. Hmm. So, so there, and they, they think it diverged about a million years ago, but now the thing, thing that I always try to get in my head and wrap my mind around is the idea that Neanderthals went extinct probably, let's say, 40,000 years ago, 40, 30,000 years ago. And humans, modern, anatomically modern humans go back 100,000, 200,000, maybe 250,000 years. People you'd see back then and you could fit into society. And, and I mean, they might look like Brian, but you'd still think they're human. Right. For most of human history, we were not the only intelligent primate on the planet. Uh. For most of human history... We had another one in the case, this case, Neanderthals that we know. Neanderthals, we are in similar environments. And you talk about where do things like prejudice and racism and all these things come from, which in a modern society, we go, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Why would you be like that? But for most of human history, there was the other. There was the other. And now there may be have been a third other. Hang on real quick. Just again, for those keeping tally at home, we can now add defending racism to our list of triumphs on yeah. this episode. In, in, in a historical context. Well, I'm just saying, look, because An we got the racists, we're around. Context. Guess who's not around? Neandra didn't. Exactly. Yeah, suckers. So By the way, what this... uh, the, isn't there some conjecture that part of the reason, and it's difficult because they like among the, the artifacts they find of Neanderthals, they don't find any artistic items. There are no symbolic representations of other objects which they do find for humans uh contemporary at the time so it's like I, I, the, the, the theory is that perhaps symbolic representation was part of the human advantage over the neanderthals is that right um that is totally inconsistent with everything i know is it really um then yeah, I guess I, I believe, maybe i'm remembering it backwards that we don't have art that, that we were the big fat dummies no, 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 no. Like, like, I mean, am, did, did the Neanderthals have uh, symbolic artifacts? Did they have Google? 
Uh, no, they didn't have Google Point. Point. No, I understand that they did cave paintings, things like that. They had ceremony. They believe they even had ceremonial burials, etc. Oh my goodness! Hold on. Now, I may have to. Boy, isn't that a piss? There was a, and the most famous one I know of was like a flute. There was like a. They found like an eight octave flute or something like an that. An ocarina of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, maybe if we're talking 1930s era. <laughs> Um, you know what? Hey, you hear the new research about the Neanderthals, Brian? Well, what's funny, it's like I'm trying to figure out why I would have even remembered that. If, if because if obviously humans had symbolic imagery, uh, and if Neanderthals did, why would there even be that fact in my brain there, that there, one was an and, evolutionary uh, and, advantage over the other? In doing a very quick Google search, okay. Well, I am. I'm, it, take, I'm trying to take a look uh, the, at it now to see. Because let me. I wonder... I'll, I'll, I'll give you some support. There has been a theory, a long-standing theory, that they didn't have art. Wait. Uh, but that. Okay. Good. Good. So I'm not crazy. That's look. You, I don't mind being you, wrong. I do mind being crazy. Like just thinking of stuff that never even had any basis, and I just pulled it out of nowhere. They're apparently in, in looking at this because like I've been aware of like these insul- isolated things where they talk about, well, they found this flute or some cave paintings and stuff, but that may not have been prevalent. And the quote here is the great problem with all Neanderthal art is that they are one offs. And what's different about the art of modern humans when it appears 35,000 years ago is that there is a repetition animal sculptures, paintings done over and over again in a recognizable style. So it might have been much rarer with Neanderthals. So or, that or, would or make more sense. Inconsistent. Um, because it, I guess if there was within humans, this repeated, um, you know, this is a buffalo, this is a man, that seems like the kind of thing that could lead to a, a printed word or a, uh, a set of sim- symbols to mean, you know, phonemes. Perhaps, absolutely, absolutely. Represent- or abstracts, abstract uses no, but I'm seeing, of... I'm seeing what you're talking about here. Heavy brows, high art, newly unearthed painted shells show... Uh, uh, wow, yeah. I wonder, that, that's amazing that uh, mm-hmm. something could stick in your head for like a decade and you could figure out that... Uh, you never bothered to Google it. Well, now they've got in a, they found in a cave in Siberia, some fossils, and they found basically, I guess they looked at, they were able to sequence or examine a frequent, uh, they actually, because now they can actually pull DNA from these things, which is just fascinating in of itself. And it looks like this was from a layer that was about 50,000 years ago, could have diverged a million years ago, which think about this. Is it like, all right, we know that uh, of things that were upright, intelligent, mistakably human Neanderthal, this other creature, which I don't know what they call it. The headline here, they say IDD, IDED, or if it's just they're trying to say it was ID'd. <laughs> I think they meant to say ID'd, so it's it's going to be called IDED, although that's not what it's called. Uh, it's funny to try and define that. It's an Ars Techna headline here I'm looking at. So so now we have three. And then, and then if you want to get into like the little, uh, the Hobbits, Homo Florens, which may have been around the contemporary that time, there could be four, have been four humanoid species at one given time Does on the planet. Does it make you like, sad that, that obviously, like, I mean, on the one hand, don't get me wrong, it's great that, that, you know, I'm part of whatever team won, but it's like, doesn't some part of you wish you were there for the battle? For like truly alien like us but not like us and oh what are you people oh yeah absolutely i i think that 
uh, that would be, it'd be fascinating to know what, what would life have been like then when we really were that sort of different. And that's why trying to understand our fear of the outsider well, and it, not justify racism. Isn't that Ryan? Isn't that uh, what essentially like all of Star Trek is, is, is you all of the aliens turn out to be like humans, but not quite humans. But it's like that actually existed with that, with at least according to the evidence so far, four different species around the same time. That's amazing. Yeah. But well, it's, are, are we just one of those species that, that, that can't, like, stand those? I mean, like, or to say, like, for us to thrive, we must eliminate those. Well, there's like there's well, not the a lot of evidence. That. That, uh, well, I would say I would say the evidence isn't quite as clear on that. I'll tell you my it, evidence. We're here. They ain't. Yeah, but neither the dinosaurs. Is that because we killed off the T-Rex? That's because yeah, we hate how different we were they were. so totally badass. The we freaking dinosaurs hated us for our freedoms, and we took care yeah. of them. We hopped into our time, our caveman, cave, ca- Captain Caveman hopped into his time machine and killed all the T-Rexes that, you know, 60 million years before him. I don't know. Well, he's playing a sweet now. electric guitar. Yeah. Captain Caveman. So it could be that there is the the where we come in contact on the fringes. But remember, the population sizes back then were so much radically smaller than they were now. I mean, you're looking at a point 40,000 years ago, there may have been 100,000 humans on the planet, period. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is it like, you know, all it really takes is one of these other tribes to take a wrong left at Albuquerque and, you know, the humans to start getting, you know, their, their well, bang on a little bit more frequently for 40 years. And all of a sudden, we're the... We're the, we're the yeah, the, the, the paterfamilias of Earth. That's the other well, thing, too. I, I, what, like, what I'm saying is it doesn't even take us to do that. I'm saying is, is that so many other things will wipe you off this planet that to try and have, uh, and I, 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 I probably grow up, but I mean, we had up until like 10,000 years ago, there was maybe 1 million people on the planet. That's so, unreal. Like, and, I don't know. and to think now the way we treasure the amount of information, the experience, you know, they say every time a man dies, an entire library is lost. And it's like, uh, and, yeah, and so you know, it smelled like homeless people. What's that? It smelled like homeless people though. So really it wasn't. You know, oh no, dude. Library. Homeless people are freaking, they're libraries of Congress on discarded meats on, yeah. uh, the value on, of different on ways types to of get bottles. into other libraries and look at pornography. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's right. Just because you don't appreciate the type of information in their libraries does not make them any less important. Chapter one. Oh my God. <laughs> to all of our homeless listeners. And I mean real homeless, not temporarily homeless. All of our homeless listeners out there, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we're really, we're really going for a record on this episode, aren't we? Uh, whales are offended. Homeless people are offended. Homeless whales are offended. <laughs> Homelessness is a serious matter, and we here on the Weird Things podcast say that you should do everything you can to help out your friends. Or in your native tongue. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Well, what's what's what? The side note, um, and I can I can I can say this because I spent a lot of time (laughs) in California. This is always a great point when when that's the prefix. I can uh, say this because I can say this because uh, if I didn't have a house, I would be. When I when I'm in Santa Monica, I'm a Florida resident, but I spend half my time out there. I use the library there, and I have basically like an indigent library card for the Santa Monica Library. <laughs> so you can get this library card that's basically kind of a I don't limited really option. Out here, I just want to look at your pictures. 
Yeah, and basically to get it, you just sort of sign this saying, I agree to abide by your rules. <laughs> I will keep my pants up. So I thought it was funny because like, I know other libraries are a lot more strict than that. You know, they need proof of residency. You're like, no, we understand. So I, I've got my card. I, I, I'm with the people. Well, Santa Monica is weird, though. Like, they, they treat their homeless with, with a, a crazy amount of respect. It's actually, this is a fun fact. If you go to Santa Monica, you are legally required to tell the homeless people they look pretty today. Yeah, very true. That's actually true. I uh, prefer the homeless in Santa Monica to the clowns in Santa Monica. <laughs> they, they have the scariest clowns outside of Detroit. True fact. Um, so, all right. So we're eating people. There's a crazy other, uh, uh, crazy other society or, or you know species that may have lived side by side with us. Uh, two or three of them, right? All right. So here's here's where I'm getting to now. All, all right? right. This is this is a very very interconnected episode of weird things here. All right. So you have a friend who's Brian. Your your efforts in all sorts of multimedia become hugely successful. You get financially remunerated beyond your dreams. And you remember us, of course. And you are now a wealthy gazillionaire. And I spend all my money sponsoring the Weird Things podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. As we speak into our golden microphones that we borrowed from the EIB. As we sit uh, on thrones, because we decide uh, that's important, that we must offer our proclamations <laughs> from on high. That's right. Listen to us as we decide what is weird and what is not. <laughs> Petty subjects. Yes, I would eat a whale. <laughs> Eating one right now. <laughs> you know what? Here's here's how I know that I'm rich enough to uh, to make this dream come true is when we decide that rather than us all arguing about what we would do, we decide <laughs> we direct experimentation where we <laughs> hire awesome. people and we put yes. them in these situations and we report You fund facts. main labs. We you just, fund my laboratory. We, we, we just Twitter out. Who wants to eat a whale right now? That's right. Yeah, and it's like I become the equivalent to your to your empire, like the Nazi scientists were. Whatever crazy <laughs> scheme I have, you're like, well, if it furthers the dream, sure, Andrew, you can have money, no problem, you can do this. As long as it keeps my, those damn reds down, that's all. Yeah, I the care fact about. that I'm very untutored in the sciences, much like the Nazi empire, doesn't matter to you. It's my vision, so by these crazy ideas, or the communist empire, like Lysenkoism and all that, you know, barely a fourth grade education, not a problem. I look good in my my white schmuck. I have to. You make me. You're gonna make me wear like horn are like those rounded glasses or whatever yes and one of them one of the lenses will be blacked out for no reason <laughs> i get five inches taller weigh a lot less speak with a german accent as i and go about doing my plans no problem all right so here we are you've you've got you've got the financial means um where do you stand on extinction brian pro or con pro it's called progress my friend out with I the mean, old in with the new I mean, even if we're building a housing development and wiping out species and stuff, if we have an option to avoid it, do you kind of want to try to avoid it, though? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't... Do you want to get rid of all the great white sharks? Are you happy? Are you happy that shark species are declining? Does that make you feel good? I mean... As you sit there safely in Texas? That's... Yeah. I don't know. Like, how many... I, I mean, I remember a few years ago was the summer of the shark, and I think that might have been more popular back then, but... You know, it's weird because it's like, how do we pick which of the species we care about are still around? I'm asking Brian. I'm asking Brian to pick which ones he cares about. 
I'm gonna, you know what? I mean, you, you, you could probably predict my answer. It's like if I've got the money at this point, I'm, I'm hiring Gallup to ask. It's like show a picture. It's like keep her flush. It'll be like instead uh, of an '80s DJ, it's like they call up and they just show a picture of this lemur or this bug or this this bacteria, and it's like keep her flush, and then they hit whoa, one or two. Whoa, whoa, I this- whoa, 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 hold on, Brian. I know I've had conversations with you at length about YouTube comments. You want these people to hold the trigger on whether or not to make a species extinct? Are you kidding me? I have, I you have this want vision. Or not to be wiping out full species? I, I have this vision. I have this vision of Brian as Steve Martin in the jerk and cat juggling. Oh no! Here, take a check. <laughs> Any sob story that comes in there, Brian's moved to tears. But Brian, let's just say, like, you're gonna sit, th- you're gonna use your panel, your brain trust, which I would say it'd be me and Justin, but we know which part is the brain and which part is the trust there. Okay, so let's just say, but you go to Justin and I, and you ask us, you just go to us, and and I go to you like Brian, great white shark, it's gonna go extinct. For one million dollars, we can solve this problem. And what? And how is that? By freezing their sperm? Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a great white shark hatchery or something. Put it next to a kid's swimming school. I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna. We're gonna have. Dude, we're gonna dude, build- dude. There's two. I could get easily a million dollars of entertainment and spiritual value out of having a a shark aquarium. I'm down with that. Okay. All right. So that's what we can do. So that's my examples. I'd be like, great white. We can solve this. You can have some fun. All right. So let's get on the idea of. Uh, I need a, a quick poll. Quick poll here. Here, genocide. Good or bad? Hey, that's just a different word for extinction. I'm not falling for your trap. No, it's uh, extinction with a cause. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead. I know yeah, it's yeah. gonna be a really risky political decision, but genocide, thumbs down. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Brian, I think Brian just weighed in on the Holocaust. I don't. I don't even know you. Uh, anymore, it's just Justin extinction. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. We're now going to get letters from yet another group, and uh, I'm going to be the first one to write one of those complaints. To let you know. <laughs> Dear Brian Brushwood. So I would say that we're, we'd pretty much say that genocide, and when I mean genocide, I mean one race wiping out another race. Now you're talking uh, about people only, right? Because personally, genocide, if it's one dirty, filthy monkey trash-eating tribe versus <laughs> another dirty, filthy monkey trash-eating tribe, wow. I'm wow. not really on one side or the other. Point eight roundsevilles on that one. Oh, oh come Lord. on! I was talking about uh, actual spider monkeys. Sure. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm go ahead. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be against genocide, despite the fact that that genocide sounds like she should be, if not, is a suicide girl. Well, now, or, wait a minute. Yeah. What about like what about like ant genocide? When like are you gonna are you gonna lay your body down between? No, the we're termites? talking about humans, right? We're talking Andrew? about humans. We're talking about humans. Yeah, Brian. calm down. We already well, did yes. extinction. Well then, yes. Yeah, yeah of all course. Right, right. No, humans, genocide, humans, universally bad. Okay, so going back on a on a premise that I put some question into, but not because I, I don't. I feel that it just the, the the state we don't know. So. We wiped out. Let's say, let's say, you know what? There was this village of Neanderthals. They had art. They were doing pretty good. Then a bunch of these warlike Homo sapiens, sapiens came down through the hills, wiped them out. And oh, that man. was the end of Neanderthals. Okay? So we you're wiped saying, out. Let's, I mean, that was genocide. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this much. <laughs> I like the fact that we're here. I'm I'm happy with that. Okay, so now that we know that we did this, okay. Now one of the things yeah. we talk about is reparations. 
Okay. Reparations for the for the for the Neanderthals. For the Neanderthals? All right. So so what I'm getting at here is it's like if if you do some grave injustice to another group and it kind of permanently puts them kind of sets them back, the there is an idea, there is a political theory that reparations are the moral responsibility to do of the person that came out on top. Wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see where this is headed. You're saying we genocided the Neanderthals and the only reparations we could do is to get their DNA and repopulate the species. And give them casinos. <laughs> is that, is, oh, give them casinos? <laughs> so, uh, is there... what, uh, I'm with, I'm with AM on this one. I would yeah. love to go to a, a Neanderthal casino. They're all <laughs> freshly cloned and they have no idea what the hell's happening. <laughs> don't like have the, heart, like don't get odds. Thing. It's the saddest thing ever. These freshly minted Neanderthal <laughs> clones. And you're like, well, this is your new life. Now you run casino. Exactly. Uh. They have no idea what they're doing. They're just running and they're frightened by all the big bings and bangs <laughs> of the slot machine. You can just walk in, walk behind the bar, pour yourself a beer, take some money out of the cash box. They don't care. All right. And, and, <laughs> yeah, they don't and, stand and a this... prayer against the MIT team that comes in and runs their <laughs> game on them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you anti Neanderthalites. Uh, let, let's clarify something here. A couple sure. things that we know are common in just about every culture, and Neanderthals had culture: love making, war making, art, music. I'm gonna bet probably had gambling to some extent too. No. So why not? Uh, on on some level of well, I don't know. know. I mean, yeah, I, I'm dude, gonna go do something. You go do something. I get to do it better, and I get the spoils. I mean, look, you know, every time you go yeah. and try to survive, you're gambling. Like I'm going to take a day of my life, and I hope. No, no. I mean, I eat. mean, literally, I mean, literally, two Neanderthals. One says the other one. Oh, you think this is gonna happen? No, I think it's gonna happen. All right, I'll give you this if this is the outcome. Okay, it, it that evolves. Me, it sounded to me like you exactly described this podcast. Yeah. So exactly. <laughs> Um, and we were kind of a little bit de-evolved from there. So my point, though, is, is uh, uh, I don't really have a point, but my statement no, no, okay, is, okay, is... Your point is, should, should we, we, at we, some it, point, as reparations to the Neanderthals, we genocided, I don't know if that's the past tense, we genocided... And we may not have. I, the evidence is really kind of iffy if it was us or not, but now there's another grace, and, well, and the little homo florensis... Yeah, n- number one, I think we've we've already written the uh, the CSI series finale. Because this is the ultimate case they need to crack. Somebody somebody genocided the Neanderthals, and only the CSI crew can solve the mystery. And once they do, is it not up to us to repopulate them as a species for our own amusement? Yeah, that's my question. Uh, look, dude, there's a long list. I mean, it, look, there's a long list of species that need to be tinkered with, and they're certainly on it. Uh, you know, once we start repopulating species, I say we get creative and... You know, see what new species that haven't even had the pursuit yeah, of existing I'll, I'll yet. I'll tell you, I got a feeling that this isn't going to be fun and hilarious like Encino Man. It's going to be sad and boring like the Geico Caveman sitcom. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys just have no heart, no responsibility for what your ancestors have done. Well, I mean, I mean like, listen, what are we going to do? They have no idea. They're, they're Neanderthals. Apparently their art sucked. So much that Brian doesn't even think it existed. <laughs> they, they, you know, they just wandered around, and I'm sure we didn't even kill them. I'm sure like they just like, said, like the oh, lacma no, food <laughs> equals poison, and they died because they're dummies. You know, you say this now, and somebody's gonna bring them back, and a little Neanderthal boy or girl is gonna <laughs> be listening to this. 
and he's gonna he's gonna wrinkle his little sloping brow, pick some lice from his hair and eat it, and then cry if they were capable of crying. I, you know what's or funny is I was sitting there trying to decide that. Oh, they know like me. Me know like them. <laughs> I think you're just. I think you guys are totally underestimating a potential audience for you. I'll explain yeah. that. I've he's seen the funny. average NSFW fan. Okay, let me tell you something. <laughs> you know, you know right? what? Actually, he's got a good point. We're talking about like quadrupling our fan base here. We're thinking this thing <laughs> all backwards. Possibly doubling the IQ too. <laughs> because uh, these guys could survive on their own. I mean, they could go off into the woods, bare naked, come back fully clothed in leather, leather, beef jerky, nice little necklaces, maybe make fire. Can any one of us do that? No. Boy, that's the other thing. You talk about like in real survival terms. I mean, granted, we're all sitting on top of our phony thrones because we have all of society and the past hundred thousand years of human development to look, sit on look at me but it's like i've got a universal away. i've got a universal remote yay oh dude i have no problem being a cultural and societal trust fund baby i have no issue with that you know what screw off they can go into the woods and find themselves a happy little fun time and survive against all the elements i can register neanderthals are jerks on GoDaddy, and that, <laughs> that's what i have to say about that screw them well, wow. to all of our Neanderthal listeners in an alternate universe, I apologize. So, so yet another apology. The podcast of a thousand apologies. By the way, there, so, there actually was a fantastic book uh, written around the year two thousand called Hominids that posited mm-hmm. two alternate. It was a Robert Robert Sawyer. Yeah did did you read it? Did you did you like it? I don't remember if I read it. <laughs> okay, well, well, basically it was like um, uh, won't say how, but but, but yes, I read that. Yes, somebody yes. gets. Somebody gets transported from one world where the Neanderthals were the dominant species and uh, into our world. Uh, Fascinating book. I really enjoyed that one. You know, an original plot for a Planet of the Apes remake was going to be with Schwarzenegger. And he was going to be he was going to be a scientist who discovers at some critical point in time that that he is in Neanderthal. No, no, Brian, no. That we almost got wiped out by violent apes, and so he travels back in time to tilt the balance. And kick that the asses of the apes before they oh kick Oh, my God, that's the whole Schwarzenegger movie I wanted to see. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, a chimpanzee can rip an arm off you. I mean, chimpanzees, oh, they're, dude, they're strong. I am but... horrified. If you, uh, Dude, I, I, you've seen the interviews with the people who think they're in love with family members and not realizing that they're wild animals that ate their faces off. Like, they're oh missing God, noses. Their faces are gone. Genitals. They bite fingertips and genitals in your face. Ugh. And then they but just that, shrug that, it that off. That raises the question. So Neanderthals come back. What, what, what side are, are, are the apes and chimps and monkeys of the world on? They're on their side, dude. so much closer to us. I mean, you could literally take one of these Neanderthals, dress them up, put them in a warehouse in Margate, teach them how to podcast, <laughs> and, and you would Hold never on. know that it was. Yeah. This is sounding dangerously close to something real. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't appreciate you talking about Travis Lopes like that. He lives yes. in Tampa. Oh my god! True that. We apologize, Travis. <laughs> so uh, that's another thing to think about is uh, what what's fascinating about in human we we have no modern day. I mean, hundred years ago, I mean anybody who who didn't come from within like a hundred miles of London or Austria or whatever we decided was probably subhuman. But the you look at the the history. You take like Astra, Australian Aborigines, okay. 
Now, here is a, a fascinating group of people that have been in one place there, something like 40,000 years. Okay? Yeah. And they've got, you know, they've have their own distinct culture, their own fascinating culture, fascinating history to that. And while we're doing our thing, they were doing their thing. And then we have, and, and genetically speaking, to look at us, it's very, very much the same, very much the same. And then at the same sort of time that, that they're going off doing their thing, there are these, quote, non-humans somewhere else that are you know, genetically much far removed from us. But who knows what kind of culture they have in their own sort of, I mean, I'm just, to me, it's just a fascinating, fascinating sort of thing. By the way, it's like, first of all, I'm very thankful that we live in a world where we can understand that we're all of the same species, that we're all intelligent beings, and we learn to communicate, and we have this vast multiculturalism. I think all of that is delightful. But what do we hunger for now but the existence of aliens in, you know, in our science fiction and all of, you know, this podcast is based on that hunger, that desire for, you know, the other out there to interact with it. But it's Mm -hmm. like, meanwhile, several times in the past, People literally lived through that when they discovered the new world, when they discovered these aboriginal species that they perceived as being some different being. Um, I, I I don't know. It's like that's that's kind of a curiosity that I, I it never didn't really pan out all that well. We come to the new world and you know, here's well, I mean, yeah, a, here's we slaughter a, yeah. everyone, which is like that's that's pretty much or, what we could expect to do next round when we do discover little green men. Will we? Will we? I don't I, think oh, so. Yeah. Well, and also like you know the. I don't know. The New World slaughter was kind of the order of the day here. You know, by, by the time we showed we, up, that was we, didn't, we didn't, yeah, the game already. Yeah, the biggest thing, the biggest killer was disease. We didn't we didn't invent the idea of 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 that. I mean, that was kind of a very old and and, and not to justify our actions. And I I kind of think that when you when you look at another group or individuals, I think and. Native American cultures were vast and varied and every bit as complex as things in Europe, and they had their own struggles and things like that, and. Uh, you know, groups like the Iroquois, whatever, very sophisticated, very advanced, had their own trading civilizations. In some ways, the average one probably lived better, better off than the you know, average European. And so I always want to avoid sounding too paternalistic in that, uh, you know, oh, these poor simpletons, because they were not. We, we had some very specific advantages that probably had things been a couple hundred years before. It may have been an even match between us in some respects. By the way, I, I know we don't have time in this episode, but I'd love to spend more time actually walking through what the possible scenarios, the reactions to an actual alien first contact would be. Because I, I would like to be optimistic and say it would be like in the movies, but truthfully, uh, I feel like on the one hand, you'll have a united world, but it'll be because we're united and wanting to kick the alien's ass. Wait, but uh, isn't that like the movies too? Well, <laughs> we yeah, I, mean, yeah, I guess uh, Watchmen, yeah. I mean, I ID four, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's like the movies as well. I kind of think that the the problem with that scenario is given the logistics of trying to get from one star system to another. If, if we had no, no, another, I'm not talking about like like let's say let's say their spaceships come down and they say howdy. I'm telling you, there's no way they could possibly have enough understanding of our culture in advance in order to play our rules effectively where they won't accidentally knock over a building and jest or whatever, and we won't interpret that as an act of war. <laughs> I get like, you think that the biggest problem is their merry pranksterism. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, whatever it is they do, there's going to be some aspect of it that will indicate to humans that this is a threat and needs to be dealt with. Yeah, oh, I'd say that there's a, uh, a, 
book series Brian and I have both read and Justin is reading deals Aren't you with proud of our little Justin. He's finally hey, reading. Yeah, what and, and I listen to books. To your point, Brian, um, it talks about a a race of aliens that they're the very 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 technologically sophisticated in their own kind of bio sort of way and their culture is so alien and different from us they exactly have that problem and that if you came to yeah, imagine about Pandora star right? yeah if some if some race came to earth an alien race came to earth and you looked at it from the sky you see highways you see cars you see all this thing the question you have to ask is what is the individual is it these little pink people getting in and out of cars is it the government? At what level does the individuality begin, and what level does is killing a couple of them no big no no more different than shaking hands with somebody and we killing should, some uh, skin cells? Uh, we we should actually, I guess. Uh, do we want to do a quick uh, weird things book club? You want to talk about this and go into that since we're segueing in so nicely? Uh, I'm still reading the last book. Oh, <laughs> <Did> we <laughs> on the last book club recommendation? Which which one was that? What was the last one that you're reading? I'm reading the Dreaming Void and uh, Temporal Void right now. Oh, you still haven't finished the Void? No, Brian, I haven't. Finished. Oh, they're so good, and I can't wait. And for you the haven't third finished book. the Void either, because there's a third one. I know, so I know, there, but I finished dumb face. I finished those first two books. Um, but you know what? I will say, I will make a recommendation if nobody's read it, because it, the entire book starts with a first contact scenario that goes uh, <clears throat> goes a little bit haywire. But the Conquerors trilogy by Timothy Zahn. Timothy Zahn wrote the only Star Wars books that matter. The ones. The Wookiee Cookbook. What's that? The Wookiee Cookbook. <laughs> the Wookiee Cookbook. That's right. How to serve Wookiee. Uh, yeah. The uh, no, no. Uh, the um, uh, I, I don't want to go into it, but, but but Star Wars fans know that there are a few books that were very very good written in the Star Wars universe after the after the original trilogy. Timothy Zahn wrote all of those, and he also wrote. A really good trilogy called uh, it's like Conqueror's Heritage, Conqueror's Legacy, Conqueror's something or other. All three of those books, uh, very good, and they all deal with a first contact scenario gone awry. Very cool. I'm going to check those out. I like Timothy Zahn. He had a his uh, Bionic Commando series and all that was fat. It was pretty cool too. So he's a good writer. I like him. I totally. I think it was called Cobras or something. I forget what he called it. But Zahn's fun. He writes good stuff. So yeah, I think it's a good recommendation. Justin, do you have a recommendation? Uh well I can I can I can vouch for something that we've talked about before uh you know listening through through Pandora Star and I will I will say this to maybe our listeners that uh you know when when Brian and and Andrew talk about sci-fi books they're all you know high-minded and talking about the fantastical uh you know philosophical ramifications of a post-singularity world and how uh you know scientifically we've evolved to solve very specific problems. And that's all well and good, but, uh, you know, to a, a simple boy like me, sometimes I just like, uh, you know, really, really tight, super action. Uh, you want boobs and bullets, my friend. Well, you know, I'm not saying that I need boobs and bullets, but uh, it's kind of nice when they're there. I tell you what, there's uh, if there's two things not lacking in the Pandora Star Saga, it is boobs and bullets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I just want to want to want to highlight that and just take it from from that angle. And by the way, obviously, it that, is it is incredibly incredibly well written and incredibly smart, and really the science behind it is is fascinating, fascinating stuff. And I think Brian and Andrew have, have talked about this book uh, specifically in, in terms of that, uh, you know, very very eloquently. So you you know that that's kind of there. But I just want to point out that if you are an idiot like I am, you too 
We'll enjoy Pandora's Star by Peter F. Hamilton. Look, you don't need to understand the science of rejuvenation to understand that a 170-year-old woman can still have the hot, tight body of a 22-year-old. Oh, Mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a pretty good book. I will do another recommendation here, and uh, it's motivated by, and this is going to be a movie recommendation, something to go back and go look at. And I finally watched, I hadn't seen it all the way through in about, Probably, I would say maybe even 15 years. Tron. Yes, sir. Really? Yep. Are you serious? Absolutely. Dude, can I can I tell you, dude, uh, like seriously, I've always had a love affair with the movie Tron. I've always felt like it was one of the best movies to have on in the background and one of the worst movies to give your full attention to. But I, I just love it. I'm, I'm nuts for the aesthetic and the idea that they were trying to go with. I, after watching the Tron Legacy trailer, which has got me all excited for more Tron, I decided, uh, let me go ahead and order the movie Tron from Amazon. It's like 10 bucks, comes with a couple hours of behind the scenes stuff of the making of and all that. And it's not, it's not the, uh, not one of the, it's not like a super slick kind of behind the scenes stuff. It's pretty basic stuff, but a lot of good interviews. And I knew nothing about where the idea for the movie came from. All I knew about production of the movie was I knew they shot it in black and white and I knew they had animators essentially color the movie. Other than that, I didn't know anything about where the idea came from. And you got to give it credit because this is a movie that came out, what, 1982? Yeah, dude. And the infancy of computer graphics. Yeah, it was in, in, in from basically like 1977 or 78. The idea came about this guy who had an animation studio and saying like, what would happen inside of a computer? And trying to wrap the head around that. And this is cyberpunk stuff was really, really niche at this point, really even hadn't come about. And you watch the movie and it's easy to go, ah, that's kind of silly there or whatever. But you go for having the idea and the vision to think someday we might be inside of these worlds and interacting and those worlds would seem just as real to the people there as they do to us. By the way, it's that's cool. that's I'm I'm really glad to hear you say that because I'm a huge fan of viewing especially movies in their context for that time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, watch it and you can laugh at it now because there are parts that are pretty silly. But if you could wrap your mind about what it was like in the early 80s and what a leap forward this was at the time, I'm glad I'm glad you picked that. That's cool. Brian, I do it for you. Hey, by yeah. the way, do you know, do you know, no lie. When I got when I got engaged, my present, like seven of my buddies each chipped in like seventy dollars each and my wedding present from all of my guy friends in high school or college was a no-lie Tron cabinet arcade. Oh, sweet. So I sweet. actually have one. And so to see That's it, to fun. see that featured in the trailer, I was like, get out of here. So I'm, I'm totally pulling that out of storage. I'm putting it back in the house. Awesome. Very well, cool. Well, now you can, just, you can just really screw with your daughters. <laughs> just... oh, I love this idea. I'll take her to the movie, and she'll come home, and she'll like, Dad, what's that? I was like, oh, sweetheart, you shouldn't have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, gentlemen, I don't think we've reached any conclusions here. And <laughs> as, as hopeful as I was that, that Brian would say, yes, Andrew, I like your idea. I will bring back these other races or related subspecies. Or, no, I'm know, down with that. Like I a... said bring them back, repopulate the species. 
But then you're like, yeah, but then there could be other things. Okay, well, okay you're right. Yeah. I got distracted by the shiny toys. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. And then I could make new creatures. Well, bring and... it back with like, with like eight arms. What do you think? Eight I, arms? Yeah, I could, I could have my, my monkey with eight butts. I know I'm stealing that yeah. from South Park, but that would be really cool. And yeah, yeah we'll get yeah, around I'm to that. I'm down with bringing them back, but only if they can break dance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you, Brian Brushwood. I hate you. You had the opportunity to fund my dreams. Now I have to go supervillain. I love you. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been weird. Want to email in a suggestion or scenario for the next Weird Things podcast? Email weirdthingsmail at gmail.com. <laughs>